Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. With uh, what Tyson Fury did to Deontay Wilder is the first time you really saw him fighting off his back foot, yeah. and he had never been beaten that way, too. And then firing Mark Breland, his longtime cornerman, I just, you know, a lot of things are different for this camp. Yeah. I, I think that was a problem, firing Mark Breland. I mean, because they were really close um and then not only did he fire him uh but he badmouthed him afterwards by saying that he was working with fury and spiking his water so uh it was it was i mean i mark breland took that very personally as anyone would you know yeah of course so I, sure. I don't know it's gonna be weird this this time around even the press conference he wasn't talking or anything yeah, he his didn't, coach like, had say a word really he just had his headphones in yeah so i'm yeah. curious to see like during that fight week is he gonna do any interviews address media or i'm not sure it'll be interesting we'll yeah. see yeah, yeah. I, I heard that um some because I'm I'm part of Everlast now and he, um, Wilder is a part of Team Everlast, so Everlast has to you know do photo shoots and whatnot. But I heard that Wilder wasn't allowing anybody to come into his camp, so he's kind of I just heard that he locked down his camp and didn't want you know connections with the outside world. I don't know. All right, all right. Well, hey, we're rolling. Episode seventy-seven. Let's start this thing off. Welcome back to the Schmozone Podcast. This is episode number 77. I'm Dave Schmolson, a.k.a. The Schmo. My co-host is... Helen Yee with Helen Yee Sports. And today's guests, awesome people. I feel like we're catching you guys before the world catches you, which I'm <laughs> still shocked as to uh, how you guys are still kind of, I would say, under the radar. Yeah. Uh, Biagio Ali Walsh and Nico Ali yes. Walsh, the grandchildren of the infamous Muhammad Ali and obviously athletes in your own right. Thanks for joining the Schmozone today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you guys coming on, man. Yeah, first off, men. I love both of your shirts and especially <laughs> the unfinished legacy. Oh my god, I right? I saw I saw this um I saw this company on Instagram uh mm -hmm. and this guy's out of LA and I saw the butterfly and me and Biagio, our whole family love like skeletons and you know Halloween that kind of thing. And his whole company is based off of butterflies and skeletons, and it, the yeah. name is Unfinished Legacy. So I was um, like, that's perfect. Kind of coincidental, right? Fitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I mean, I reached out to him, and he was like, uh, you know, your grandfather and Nelson Mandela, MLK, those kind of guys is how I thought of the company. So I was like, I, I need a couple shirts. That's so great. I'm definitely repping them today. My favorite jacket is the Schmo that I wear to all my favorite combat sports events. Is it's, that the blue one? 
It's one right? of them. Okay. But I have this purple one, and okay. it's got With butterflies. butterflies. Oh, and really every awesome. time I wear that, I think of Muhammad. Yeah. I think so. of, like, you know, especially because I got to be in that event, in that arena, like, the special ambience of it. Mm -hmm. So every time I see butterflies and I'm around combat sports, it's my always my first thought. And yeah. that's what you tell people, too, who ask you. You're yeah. like, oh, it's like. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that's why when I saw it, I'm like, you know, because I tried to wear the most loud jackets possible yeah. as yeah. that character. But, of course. Uh, Obviously, that's not the case today, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we were just looking. Uh, well, I guess we'll just start with you. You're looking at me. And we're going to get to everything, too. I'm yeah, a huge man. football fan, and I'm yeah. all sports fan in general. But uh, I think it was August 25th, you got announced for the second pro fight. Uh, you have lined oh, up yes. for October next 23rd? month. October 23rd? October 25th, it was announced. And then October the 14th 23rd. was your pro debut. August 14th. Yeah, yeah. August yeah, yeah, yeah. 14th. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, super exciting. Um, you, you sang – it's – crazy how like you're, we're talking about august it's almost the end of september like the yeah. it's crazy time is going by so fast especially this year but um yeah no october 23rd um we're back in atlanta for my second fight and it's going to be really really exciting i think so now that some time has passed even though it's only been what about a month but have you had the chance yet to kind of reflect on some of those emotions? Because I'm sure there were not only, you know, a lot of pressure, but maybe expectations for yourself in the pro debut. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was a ton of pressure, which I was like kind of avoiding in interviews saying, but obviously it's a ton of pressure, but it's mainly for the, the first fight. I would say that after you get the first fight out of the way, everything is smooth sailing that's mm -hmm. the way I, I see it that's the way that i professional other professional fighters that i look up to that's what they've said um just so much pressure going into you know somewhere that i've never been before especially with this whole larger than life legacy you know all that stuff but i mean we were able to handle it pretty well uh biagio was the only person you know in the family that wasn't nervous i would say yeah, I wasn't you know, nervous. aside aside from my aside from myself, which I thank God I wasn't nervous, but yeah. like my parents were so nervous. You know, everyone around me was nervous except for my coaches, uh, me and Biagio, and that's the way I, I want to keep it. Twenty one years old, pro debut, major promotion, and top rank, where I know they have tons of footage, legacy footage, oh, yeah. in the archives of Muhammad that no one else has, and some people haven't even seen before, especially in the public. But also, too, do you think it kind of helped you that you had this debut in kind of what I'd call this pandemic COVID era, where probably a lot less media and attention to it than there would have been if, let's say, we didn't have this pandemic going on right now? Yeah, you know, the plan that they had for me right when I when I met with Bob Arum to sign with Top Rank was to start off slow, you know, a little bit. Like, I'm not going to be fighting in madison square garden for my first fight they made it a point to not do that um so i think with covid and everything i think every, the stars just aligned everything happened you know perfectly the way it did mm -hmm. I, I and would say. while wearing your grandfather's trunks yeah no it, and and that was interesting because yeah. i wasn't supposed to wear them and uh biagio and my mom know that you know i've, I've kept these trunks for so many years I got them after I, I got them as a gift after my grandfather had passed away, just as like a memento. Um, I wasn't supposed to wear them the night of the fight. I just brought them with me as like a good luck charm. But my shorts weren't ready. Uh, my Everlast shorts weren't ready. So I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to wear these shorts. 
So it, it was literally the night before the fight that I, I found out I was wearing them. It was fate. It was meant yeah. to be. Yeah, no, that's how <laughs> yeah. that's, that's awesome. how it feels. That's how it feels, definitely. A lot of coincidences happening right now. But yeah. I don't believe in coincidences, so. You believe yeah. everything happens, happens for a reason. For a reason. Of course, and yep. that, my whole family does. Everything does happen yeah. for a reason. Everything, yeah. And so just to put <coughs> for our audience to understand the perspective of the lineage, your mother's father is Muhammad Ali. Your aunt is Layla Ali, mm -hmm. too, who also has a excellent boxing career oh, yeah. herself too yeah so it totally runs deep in your family but you know I, with your names too nico and biagio there's obviously probably i'm assuming on your dad's side italian roots yes. as mm -hmm. well italian definitely, italian. Italian. <laughs> <Okay>. definitely italian <laughs> yeah. Over here. yeah yeah no uh my my dad's <clears throat> family i i think it's sicily sicily yeah it's funny when i went to milan last year for covid for some work like some uh photo shoot uh, they all got my name right in Italy. They, and usually in the States, they say like Bellagio or something. They'll usually say like, sometimes yeah. they'll get right. my, yeah, my name wrong. But in Italy, they all got it right. And I was like, yeah. I think Bellagio awesome. is like the John of you know, the U.S. <laughs> it's you know? the yeah. most common. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. But no. in Italy. So I didn't were get a you, to go away. Were yeah. you both born in Chicago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you moved to Las Vegas in your childhood? And yeah. What was I, I was like six. Nico was like I think okay yeah. so I don't I don't remember here. Chicago as as a kid he he does but you know I mean all our childhood summers were spent in in Chicago mm -hmm. you know even when we lived out here yeah I mean that's what got me hooked on sports is growing up in the 90s Michael Jordan yep. to me you know I, I look mm -hmm. at icons in sports I look at like my Mount Rushmore the people who I look at at sports mm -hmm. I think of Michael Jordan Tiger Woods Babe Ruth Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I look at as icons in sports. And obviously, you got someone like Tom Brady now. Yeah. I think five, ten years down the line. I mean, he's already the greatest football yeah. player of all time, but he's in that icon oh, conversation. Sure. It's just it's just yeah. a timing thing because he's still and playing right now. I think right he now. solidified that with the uh, taking the Bucks to the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, and winning like oh yeah. I think he uh, really sealed the deal in that. And uh, you're you're a football player, and I used to, yeah, used I used to, to play football. Yeah. yeah. So Helen, Helen's when I used story. to work for NBC Sports locally, mm -hmm. and this was a couple years ago, around like 2016 ish, mm -hmm. and I remember the talk of the town, especially in football, was Biagio Ali Walsh. <laughs> like, where is he going to go to college? And yeah. I remember even at the radio station, they're like, make sure you know, go to the Gorman games and go cover yeah. it and stuff <laughs> like that. So. Can you kind of give us, because I know you went to Berkeley. Yeah, right, I went for to two Cal. Seasons. Yeah, played there for two seasons. And yeah. then um, I transferred. I used the transfer portal to come back to UNLV. And uh, I played another season here. Mm -hmm. It was the eligibility took a long time because yeah. I was transferring. And it was like brand new. Uh, the transfer portal The transfer portal was like brand new. So it took some time to get eligible. But um, once I got eligible, I you know, played a little bit got some injuries you know going on and then um that was like my last season of football so now i'm like trying to get into personal training and stuff like that and yeah, yeah. i follow your instagram and yeah. i see you're always like working with a lot of like even pros and stuff right yeah yeah i uh, work with I, a lot of the mma guys yeah. yeah i feel like i've seen that yeah. so how did you transition into that uh so i was talking to my old strength and conditioning coach from yeah. unlv who was also my old strength and conditioning coach at gorman uh, Sandor Manuel. Okay. I was talking to him, and uh, he was working at this place uh, called the Institute that was on Buffalo. And I said, "Yeah, like let me come in and just you know shadow you for a little bit." And um, I started to really like it, so I uh, started doing an internship there. And um, now I'm kind of like just splitting my ways and trying to find my own uh, you know separate thing. 
Are you at the institute now still? No, I'm not there anymore. So I'm trying to get my uh, uh, certification for personal training. Awesome. But um, I've also been um, training over at Extreme Couture for like almost two years now. So a lot of the guys that I was working with also go to Extreme Couture, so. Of course, it awesome. it's one of the hottest gyms right yeah. now. Yeah, me. it's man, I love it. I love it there. I go there every day, and I'd love it. They're always great to us. Yeah. We have a great relationship with Coach Eric Nixick, and yep. I know a lot of people like Dan Ige's there. Yep. I was just there at a crazy interview with Sean Strickland, but he's mm-hmm. one of those nomad yeah, fighters that, that yeah. goes to all different gyms just just to look to spar fresh bodies. Yep. Interesting cat there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great. Great gym. Excellent gym. So. Athletics as a kid, though, so you went the football route. You've obviously gone the boxing route. Right. Was that kind of pushed on you guys, or is that something you fell into growing up? Nico? Boxing, I mean, boxing was never boxing was never pushed on me. Obviously, we were around it. There's photos of me at three years old with, like, big Everlast boxing gloves on. I didn't know what I was doing at that time, but it, it's just been around the family. I would yeah. say athletics has always been around the family but I just I tried out football um, I want to say for two days or something and I didn't like the team aspect of it so I went I went into something that I knew a little bit about which was uh, boxing and then I stuck with that I kind of fell into football Um, elementary school I was uh, we were just playing like a game on the field and my PE teacher asked me he's like kind of fast like you ever play football I'm like no so we uh we both played flag football when we were young, like fourth, right, fifth grade, right. you know. And then um, I stopped, tried football again, tackle for the first time, seventh grade, hated it. And uh, I took another year off. And we were supposed to move back to Chicago. And I was going to try football out again back in Chicago. Um, we were thinking about going to like Marist High School uh, in Chicago. And we ended up staying here uh, in Vegas because my dad saw a Gorman game. He's like, oh, we got to stay here in Vegas. Like Gorman's like football, you know, top tier, you know. So we ended up staying here in Vegas. Well, how was it on that note, like playing <coughs> football for Gorman? Because oh, I've heard like some stories. Obviously, they're the powerhouse, right? Yeah. But what was that atmosphere like? Because I've heard, you know, some people say it's like really intense. Yeah. The football aspect? Yeah. Yeah. It was very, um, very intense, very disciplined. Very, uh, you, you gotta militant, mention yeah. Gorman was the best year of Gorman was when he, yeah. he was Who's the best the quarterback you know, again. Is it, is it the guy, uh, was Kellen Munn the quarterback at the time? Uh, Tate Martell Tate was, Tate Martell oh, yeah. was, yes. okay, yeah. But their team, uh, of the four yeah. years that he was there, um, even the year before, no, 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 the four years he was there was the best, yeah, Gorman team. it was, yeah. I, I never lost a high school team. football game, yeah, it's crazy. I, I mean, it, we went completely talk. undefeated, um. Crazy. But discipline is, is what made us so great, you know? You, you bring up Tate Martell. So before I created the Schmo, when I was working at USA Today, I would cover the Nike Elite 11 football camp, mm-hmm. which was late in Redondo Beach, and he was the hottest prospect at the time. And there was a lot of good quarterbacks. Like Tua, I know he yeah. was – he, I think, out-duel dual, – or Tua might have won that competition. That was like the first time the, the nation high school kind of saw Tua's talent, and then he was mm-hmm. recruited by Saban, Alabama, and everything. Yeah. But Tate Martell, man, he would get all the attention and everything. And mm-hmm. didn't he go from like Ohio State to Miami, and now he's at UNLV again, yeah. and he's still playing? Um, it's an interesting – he's an interesting story. Yeah, it, very interesting, you know, because before that he was – I think in eighth grade he was committed to Washington. Yeah. And then decommitted 
in high school, committed to Texas A&M while we were playing, I think our senior year, and then decommitted and then went to Ohio and now he went to Miami and I think he's back at UNLV now. So uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting to see what's next for him, you know? It is too, but it's like, you know, at each stop, it's like he's been outdueled by the quarterback yeah. at that time. You know, he, he didn't get the starting role and then mm -hmm. it seemed like he left. Mm -hmm to a place where he feels like he can start. You know, honestly, with him, I, I wish he would have stayed Mountain West or, West or Pac-12. You know, I feel like he'd be a better quarterback in that kind of conference. You know, that's just my opinion, though. So I feel like he would have done really good if he stayed Pac-12 or Mountain West. And when you played at Berkeley, um, weren't you close or you were texting with Marshawn Lynch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I talk to him like? all the time. Do I you still to talk to him? I saw him at the Institute not too long ago. Okay. And I was like, yo, like... <clears throat> it's been a couple of years like how you been he's like yeah. hey you're good he's just shooting hoops and stuff but yeah I talked to him a lot before I went to Berkeley and um I saw him a lot when I was there yeah. too and man he's he's hilarious he's hilarious he's a funny guy he's a great guy too how did you guys kind of get linked up so my grandmother my step-grandma uh, who was married to my grandfather she had a connection with him and someone that he knew and she ended up getting headphones and sending them to me and I got somehow gotten in contact with him and we exchanged numbers and I just called him one day and face on FaceTime we started FaceTiming yeah that's we just awesome started talking sense that's awesome you know Marshawn was actually the first person to text me right after my grandfather passed like the night of wow like wow. when it was on the news he was the first person to text me and be like hey like are you okay you know and you know, he didn't have to do that, you know? Yeah. So I really respected him a lot after that. I'll never forget, even when he was at Cal, when he took the golf cart mm -hmm. and would drive around the field, yep. Skittles, the post-fight stuff, what he, that run he did against the Saints oh, in the man, playoffs, man. Oh, man, ridiculous. Beast mode was yeah. unreal. He was such a great talent, too. And he was drafted, I remember, to Buffalo, mm -hmm. and he didn't really take off to Buffalo. And then when he switched over to Seattle, his career spiked. I think that that run against the Saints is what really, like, changed everything. Blew everything up. Like, yeah. that was beast right. mode. <laughs> I love that up. name, beast mode. Yeah. Great branding. Yeah. Excellent branding. I wanted to get your opinions, though, too, on kind of the state of boxing and where we are in this whole boxing world, because it seems like where this generation is and where all the talk is, mm -hmm. obviously, obviously everybody talks about the Paul brothers. If your grandfather was still alive, where would he kind of see the state of boxing and would he be on board with how things are kind of turning in this direction? Mm -hmm. I, I, my, my opinion has changed so much on that. Yeah. Um, but I would say overall, I, I can't speak for my grandfather. Um, he had exhibitions of his own. You know, he, he fought with, uh, he had an exhibition with, I think it was a kickboxer. Or a wrestler or, or something a wrestler, like that. Or a wrestler something yeah. like that. Um, and he had, he had also another exhibition with a football player. So exhibitions, you know, uh, weird matchups like Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul is not the first time you've mm -hmm. heard of that. But, I mean... It and does draw eyes, it though. Draws so eyes like, to I the gotta, sport. That's, you gotta that's give credit where credits due. You right, know, like right, it's right. bringing a lot of eyes to the the boxing world. You know, a lot of people are talking about boxing more than, you know, than I thought. Yeah. So, so you gotta and, respect and, that. And that's not sure. the first time I've heard that question. So you know, just just you guys talking about it. There's millions of other people talking about it. A hundred percent. But I look at that question and I'm like, how did we get to this point? How did boxing get into position where someone like like a Jake Paul or Logan Paul, someone completely mm -hmm. un no background really i guess yeah. they were wrestlers too mm -hmm. in high school okay. get into this sport and kind of 
are the talk a ton of the sport. Like, how did we get to this point? I think social media has a big thing to do with that, you know, because ever since social media, you got more followers, more views, whatever, you know, and mm -hmm. they had already had a big established base, fan base, and they just brought that over to boxing by getting into boxing, you and know, so. You know what I, I, I think is every, 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 I would say with boxing especially, every time there's a fight, you need to have a villain. Like there's gotta be a villain to every story. And I, I really feel like Floyd Mayweather was the villain for the longest time. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone was going, he was money may, you know, he didn't want to be liked by anybody. And everyone, I feel like a majority of people wanted to see him lose to Pacquiao. A, more, a majority of people wanted to see him lose to McGregor and he left the sport. So now there's like a new villain being, you know, the Paul uh, brothers. Uh, so I, I guess uh, it's, it's entertaining is what, mm -hmm. is what it is really. So it's more for the entertainment factor and kind of bring in the eyeballs, yeah. not so much where it's like, for example, since um, for you, you've trained since you were a kid and they yeah. were they wrestlers, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So they wrestled and then now newer to boxing. Boxing now has like kind of shifted gears, whereas before it was just one lane. A boxer is a boxer is a boxer. Yeah. Um, now it's like they're they're never they're never going to fight a real uh, boxer. They're never going to fight, you know, the likes of Canelo. That's never going to happen. Even though that's on his hit list. I, I, yeah. I know that's, I know he yeah. says that, but I mean, it's, he's yeah. never going to fight. He's never going to fight Canelo. He's never going to fight, you know, uh, you know, Logan Paul's never going to fight Anthony Joshua or Tyson yeah. Fury, you know, so that everyone stays in their own lane and that's the way it should be. But what about Tommy Fury? Where is he on the spectrum? And he, we're going to get into the, we're going to get yeah. into it because you were in Tyson Fury's camp. Yeah. yeah. No, it's that's that's weird um, because he is on. If we're talking about lanes, he's like on the divider. You know, he's right there in the middle. <laughs> is it because he was on Love Island? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's. It, wait, he, is that a show? Yeah, so he's, he's, he's huge okay. over the UK. He's huge over there. It's like the Bachelor, Bachelor. the equivalent of that in the UK. That's the way oh, okay. I understand it. He does not look like a, a boxer at all. You know, like he doesn't. He's. He takes the 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 saying "pretty boy" to another level. He looks like a movie star, and everybody says that he is a movie star. I mean, he's you know he's a reality. Uh, TV I've never star. seen it. Well, though. ironically, yeah, yeah. ironically, his last opponent, who was in Jake Paul's corner, was Anthony Pretty, pretty boy, boy Taylor. And really? In fact, yeah. we were just with him on Saturday night because he's Bellator a Bellator fight. fighter. Yeah. He was at the Bellator. I was just talking oh, wow. to him. And I think it, you know, that kind of fight really kind of exposed or at least told the tale of where Tommy Fury's at right. at six and zero. Maybe now he's seven and zero in his right. boxing right, career, right. like where his skill level is. And I feel like Jake's next opponent, if we were to guess and throw, you know, put yeah. things out there, it would be great if it would be great if uh, Tommy Fury fought Jake Paul. That's something Tyson wants. You know, it's it's a it's a mixture of you know it, i mean it just gets people talking you know that's that's a cool that's a cool story and and that would be great if jake paul fought you know that would be his first time fighting someone with a record in boxing so th that would be that would be uh i think entertaining to watch well what about mma fighters getting into boxing like when we saw vitor belfort fight evander holyfield um, and still, anderson yeah. silva yeah. Who he, silva looks great right now he does. no silva yeah, looks amazing Silva, Silva looks amazing. He could definitely. There's not a lot of MMA guys who can cross over, mm -hmm. and you could say 
that this guy could have made a career in boxing if he never did MMA. And I think Anderson Silva is the greatest MMA fighter of all time. Um, He could have been he could have been just as good in boxing. Yeah, and you can't man, say you can't really say good. that about you know a lot of fighters. How old is he? You know? He's 44, 46. Wow. If, he, if he was fifteen years younger, he would be in boxing. He would be a uh, champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I, I yeah. could totally see it too. Just his style, his length, and he just he really his he's so cerebral. And no, he's, he's got yeah. and he's timing. got fighting IQ. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And not a lot of people have that. So I'm not sure if they, we caught this because we started rolling the podcast, but you uh, were talking about being in Tyson Fury's camp yes. even till about a month ago when everyone had to disperse because of the whole COVID scare and situation. Yeah. And we, we started talking about Deontay Wilder. I think Deontay Wilder's side, they even thought that was kind of a hoax as well. Too, that no, that's really so have. stupid. I mean, I, that is, I think that is so ridiculous. Uh, I don't know if he actually believes that it was a hoax. Why would anybody lie? Loot, yeah. yeah. Why would anybody lose? I mean, you got to think they lost. They lost millions of dollars. You know, they lost millions of dollars. Uh, whether it be top ranked Bob Arum, you know, that's a payday for Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Why would Why would you lie? Yeah, you know, oh, to postpone con- it. Conjoined thing. It's PBC, Fox, top right. ranked ESPN. Every, everyone's losing. Fight. Everyone's losing money when when you have to cancel a fight like that. But I can tell you, it was not fake because I was there. And um, I just barely missed getting COVID. I'm, I'm vaccinated. Um, and I saw the people uh, that not introduced COVID to the camp, but got COVID from the camp and they had COVID. So walk us through what happened. Like, g- g- take us back to that time. Like how, how everybody found out and what the scene was like since then. Um, well, everything was like kept under wraps, but what I know is I was train I was training in the gym. I, I go top rank gym. Right. I train yeah. with my Sugar Hill Stewart is my trainer, which is also Tyson's trainer. So Tyson would come into the gym early and then I would come into the gym right after him and I would see him uh, before I start my workout because sugar goes from him to me. And then um, he stopped coming into the gym because there was a ton of people getting into the gym uh, with cameras or, you know, just other fighters that want to be just kind of around that atmosphere. Um, so the gym was getting crowded. So they had to start locking down, you know, rules, um, for the gym. And then I noticed he stopped coming in. I was like, I hope everything's okay. Uh, then his sparring partners tested positive and I didn't know till last minute I was calling sugar to make sure everything was okay with him. Um, last minute they announced that Tyson was positive too. Wow. So and then that ruined obviously the fight. They had to completely cancel it. So no one would lie about that. I think that's stupid. Of course. Or even in the beginning, what was it he was saying? He thought Tyson put egg weights. Yeah, the, the well, the excuses leading up to it yeah. is there's egg weights. You know, the body armor was like yeah. an extra fifty well, the, pounds the, or something in the gloves, right? Yeah, yeah. in the gloves. Yeah. They were saying they were that. saying um, <clears throat> Wilder said it was egg weights. He mentioned that uh, his suit was a little too oh, yeah, heavy. Too yeah. Heavy. Uh, but I think the egg weights. He also said his water was spiked. But I think the egg weights thing is a compliment, you know, because obviously you're no commission allows like a, at that level. For my fight, I couldn't. I couldn't 
put in a piece of paper. I couldn't slip in a note into my glove. So, you know, at that level, they would not allow something as crazy as, as, as that. I guess that just means he hits hard, right? I yeah. mean, you saw the dent <laughs> in the side of the temple. Yeah. But but it's so it's so it's such baloney to me just the whole type of tale because the whole interaction of of going in the locker room and watching someone get their taped uh, hands taped and everything before fight heck that's what started the feud between Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul in the first place mm-hmm. when Ben Askren was boxing in Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, where where right. you're gonna be fighting yeah. um, for your next pro fight in Atlanta and behind the scenes in the locker room where Jake Paul was getting his hands wrapped Tyron Woodley was watching and that's where they had a verbal spat I don't I don't I don't really agree with the other team going into their locker room mm-hmm. I think that that makes that kind of opens a door for a feud to happen or for yeah. something to happen yeah. because yeah. you see that a lot that happened a lot with May that happened with Mayweather Pacquiao that happened with Mayweather Maidana I think that happened with Golovkin Canelo so having another, I think it, it's best to have a neutral party go to each person's, you know, uh, locker room and then watch them because having my my team go to your team is just, you know, you're trying to start something. Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. I can. Yeah. Yeah. We we briefly brought up Mayweather, but obviously when you drive to Las Vegas, you see the TMT signs, the Mayweather signs. You know, it's a big thing, part of his legacy is the O, you know, the 50, you know, the undefeated and stuff like that. And with your grandfather, I don't think it mattered to him, you know. Uh, I mean, obviously wins and losses matter, but what mattered more to him, not that record, but the quality, the legacy of who he was fighting and what he was fighting for. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get a kind of sense, I know you guys were a lot younger and everything like that, how he kind of felt about Mayweather because he was the guy of, you know, this generation that we've all kind of grown up in. I remember when we were young, we told him how much Mayweather got paid in one of his fights. I forgot which fight it was, but his eyes was like, yeah. Because, you know, they didn't get paid like that no. back then in boxing. Right. So I, I do remember mentioning that to him. Um, he, he didn't he, pay a lot of attention to, like, the new fighters because obviously in, in his old age, he was more concerned with, like, watching westerns and, you know, <laughs> movies, mm-hmm. you know, at home. But, yeah, um, yeah no, I, I would say the biggest thing is that when I, me personally, when I think of the greatest fighters of all time, obviously I'm biased. I, I put my grandfather number one, but I think of Ray Robinson and then I think of like Manny Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. When I think of these guys, I don't know how many times they lost, and and each one of them lost, you know, multiple times. So mm-hmm. I would say losing doesn't matter when you're at that level where like you're making fights where like. The first time my grandfather fought Joe Frazier, that's on ESPN's list of like greatest fights of all time. He lost that fight, you know, but it was still one of the greatest fights of all time. I think that's that's what matters. That's the legacy that you create. You like know? like he fought Pacquiao, but I just wish it was sooner. Like I still wish it was yeah. sooner. I was gonna you know bring that up. Yeah. You took we it from my. Like, <laughs> we all did. 2015. They were both yeah. in their mid 30s, yeah. mid to late 30s. It was too late. I was a little kid. I'm like, dude, fight Pacquiao. Like, I know. <laughs> I was a little that kid. Was, that that too. I feel like <laughs> it would have made more money if they, if they did fight in their prime. But I that's think so too. but that's what I sit here and shout on this podcast. What what grinds me because we yeah, cover so much. On it's like why can't the best fighters always fight the best fighters? Like if I look at the welterweight division, I've been shouting. 
Andrade, Spence. Crawford, and Spence have been shot at. But I do love the fact. I love the fact that Crawford is fighting Sean Porter, Sean Porter because yeah. now we're finally seeing that high crop mm-hmm. quality of That's PBC. That's in Vegas in November. Yes, yeah. we'll be That's there. Awesome. Yeah. I love seeing the high crop quality of welterweights from PBC fighting top rank because that's how it should mm-hmm. be. But like the best fighters have to fight the best fighters. Unify, I, I completely, you know? yes. I completely agree with that. Too many belts. Yeah. Too many. That's a whole. Yeah, sure. that's a whole another yeah. issue. But you know, it's like the fighters. Mayweather's Mayweather's one of the greats. Mayweather's one of the greats for sure. He, I think he's one of the greatest defensive fighters. I might argue he's the best defensive yeah. fighter. Yeah, well, he might be I the best. Argue, he might be the best yeah. defensive fighter too. But but like I would, um, I would agree on that. Too. I would. That's that's where that argument or that's where the conversation ends there like i don't put i don't put mayweather unfortunately on on like my top five of all time greats just because he was so defensive he was defensively perfect but people don't always want to watch you know that so i i think of like uh uh, mayweather pacquiao if if it were to happen sooner it would have been way way uh better and people are now more concerned with um, just having an undefeated record. And we're still talking about that too. Yeah, like we're that's still talking true, about right. how. But that's you what know, they we, that's we what they added that. to the sport. Like May- yeah. Mayweather added that the O matters. Mm-hmm. I don't think it does. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it does at all. I don't think it and that's either. why I think MMA, specifically the UFC. I love that from MMA and the UFC. It's centralized. Nobody I mean, cares if you if you lose if you're putting on a, a show. It doesn't matter. Best fighters you know? fight the best fighters. Right, no right. excuses. It's, that's how it should be in right. combat sports. That's right. how you find out who's the best. The only person that I know undefeated from MMA Khabib, is Khabib. Khabib. The Eagle. <laughs> that's the Eagle, man. That's it. But I mean, other than that, like. <clears throat> I love I respect so much that the UFC and just MMA fighters in general when they lose it doesn't matter because they still fight the best and it, it shows that even after you lose you can still be the best you know what's interesting though too with Khabib 29 and 0 and yes the only undefeated mm-hmm. one that we talk about but he also like if you look at some of the the all-time greats in the sport too they fought in multiple weight divisions. You brought up Anderson Silva. Like, he's fought at light heavyweight and at middleweight. Mm-hmm. Daniel Cormier, the champion at heavyweight and light heavyweight. Mm-hmm. You see guys going for Conor McGregor. Yeah. The champ, champ statuses, mm-hmm. too. So right. it's kind of interesting to see how people perceive greatness and what the individual athletes do to chase that greatness. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think if any fighter, whether it be boxing or MMA, if you fight the best fighters out there, you will lose at some point. Mm-hmm. But um, the great thing is that once you do lose, you can come back and, you know, show that, you you know, it doesn't matter that you mm-hmm. did lose. My grandfather lost to Joe Frazier, but he never lost to anybody more than once, mm-hmm. you know. He but, also came back and beat him, too. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Right. But you, at this point in your career, having your second pro fight, you know, looking to go 2-0, like, don't you think the records, especially in boxing, they matter so much more, especially in these first few fights when you're starting out your career than, than let's say, a mixed martial arts. Like, yeah. There's that's, such a that's, value. In, that's in why it. it's different. Boxing in, in mixed martial arts is different from, like, the starting of the career. Uh, some people go straight into the UFC with a couple of fights, even whether it be amateur MMA fights. They don't have a big record, you know. Lomachenko had almost 400 amateur fights. You'll never that's see crazy. an MMA fighter having... Yeah. 400 amateur MMA fights, you know, it just doesn't happen. But right now, as you know, a novice, I would say, starting off in boxing, record does matter, you know. But if I fought, I, my my second fight is coming up for my third fight. If I fought Mayweather and lost, 
that's, you know, what a way to lose that would be, you know, it would be, or if I fought, let's say Canelo, you know, my third fight, that'd be an amazing loss. That wouldn't be a loss to me. That would, you know, I would gain um, experience from that. And that's what happened actually with Canelo and Mayweather. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm. Canelo's career is just soared. Like, he is the face of boxing right now. Like, in terms of talent, if you're a boxing purist, who is the best pound-for-pound boxer in the world right now? I think of Canelo. He's one of my favorites of of all time. When I'm mentioning that five list of all time, Canelo's in my all-time list of greats. That's how much, you know, I I think he's just ridiculous. And he's about to fight Caleb Plant. Does Caleb have a chance to... How do you see that play out? Um, Caleb, 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 <laughs> Caleb Plant trains in city one. boxing. It's the first boxer I ever interviewed. Really? I love, I love Caleb. Yeah, no, I know, I know his wife. Um, and so, Caleb, that is going to be such a great fight. I'm so glad that that fight is happening. Me too. You know, because people wanted to see that. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be good. Unify the belts. And, and Caleb Plant is not afraid of anybody. Nope. Mm-hmm. Canelo is not afraid of anybody. Mm-hmm. Those kind, those are the kind of fights, you know, that need to be made. I think it's going to be a great fight. I do too. Um, yeah. I think, I think he'll fight him better than Billy Joe Saunders. I think he learned a lot. I think from he's the Billy smarter than. I, I think he's. Uh, I think Caleb, uh, Caleb's boxing IQ might be better than Billy Joe Saunders. I agree with that. So. I agree with that too. And he's got. I mean, his nickname's Sweet Hands. He's got fast hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, good footwork too. This is the ultimate test for him. Oh, this yeah. is this Definitely. probably is the biggest payday of his career. Definitely and well deserved. Um, I know he's been working so hard for this moment. I just want to, I want to see something very competitive, and I'm I'm very happy that this is. the I fight. think we'll see that. I really do. Yeah, yeah, I think you will. That I think you will. Press conference too, Beverly Hilton. Ooh, that oh, is going to yeah, be that's, that's going to be good. Up. Yeah, it I think is, yeah. that. So this will air tomorrow. So the the day this airs tomorrow, will be going on conference. at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Oh, awesome. Cool. I'm yeah. No, I'm going to watch that. I know Kayla Plant's photographer is um, my photographer for you know. Uh, some of the stuff that I shoot with with top rank so a lot of a lot of team plant people here in, here in Las Vegas this is where he resides of course yeah. so I'm excited you know to watch that fight and for you um, like we mentioned so you made your pro debut in August you're fighting again in October for yourself and your personal goals like how often would you like to fight kind of in you know the beginning stages of your career your pro career um, they, I, I think staying busy is so important as an amateur. It was so hard for me to find fights. I was, I would get them so sporadically and that's not good. Um, because I stayed in shape from my first fight. You know, I didn't put on any, any weight really. So that's ideal, you know, fighting. They've already got my fight for December, um, ready, um, which they haven't announced yet. I, yeah. I don't know, even know if I'm supposed to be saying anything, but I have my fight for December already set. They want me to fight that, that um, you know, they want me to stay busy. That's what Aaron, Aaron wanted, and, and I love that idea. And are you still a full-time student? Oh, my God, yeah. Damn, at UNLV. Same here, yeah. And yeah. you're still, still got, like, two it's more awful. semesters. Yeah. It's awful. That's it's awful. awful. I can't envision wow. being a college student during this time with this all going yeah. on. Tough, you guys are back on campus, or...? Minor, mine are online. online. Yeah, online. Mine are online, okay. yeah. But I, I I, mean, I've never had to work so hard for school in my life. Last night I was up till yeah. 2 in the morning uh, taking wow. a test for UNLV. Damn. Um, and it's just just crazy. 
I've never had to work that hard for school. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's weird. COVID changed like the whole kind of like school system thing with yeah. the online and the Zoom and stuff and just the way assignments are due and stuff. Oh, well, man. Do you prefer that more where it's like, okay, you get to do it at home or See, something? See, I thought I, I, I would. Love that. I thought I would. Some people don't, though. But yeah. I, I personally, like, I learned better in person. Okay. Like, that's just me. I thought I'd like the online because I can, you know, just chill, you know? Yeah. But... Yeah, I, I gotta learn in person. That's I, just me. I though. love I love online. I mean I'm I'm different because the way the way it is is most of the time it's like lectures. So like we'll he'll go to a class and it'll be an hour and fifteen minutes mm -hmm. is like the, the normal time. Um and you just gotta pay attention that whole time. I don't like that. I like online because it's recorded, so it's an hour and fifteen minutes. You know how much time you have to watch. I'll watch thirty minutes and just pay a hundred percent attention and then I'll wait and then finish the rest later because I there's no way I can pay a hundred percent of my attention for an hour and 15 minutes yeah I couldn't do yeah, that no, I can't I can't imagine what that's like no it's not it's not fun at all um I did want to kind of circle back to one last thing with the whole Jake Paul situation mm -hmm. and boxing too because I I love history I'm a historian mm -hmm. I I look at like I look at not just like how sports from chronologi chronologically, how did we get to where we are today? I, I look at life that way too. But mm -hmm. my whole fear in this situation and the popularity with the rise of social media is these kids today that aren't paying attention to the history of the sport, that know everything that your grandfather mm -hmm. did and what he stood for and the people behind him, the Joe Frazier's and all that, mm -hmm. they look at Jake Paul and to them, he is their Muhammad Ali. To me, that's wild. But I've had these conversations with people generations younger than me and just being around this scene and I'm seeing this and it, it's bizarre yeah I mean it is a new era for sure you know um, I'd like for them to do a little bit more research yeah. you know just to yeah. see you know who he was and, and who right. will who might have also inspired the Pauls to bring the eyes you know because that's what my grandfather did and that's exactly what they're doing so all I can say is, I, in, you know, do some research. I the way the way I look at like the Jake Paul situation is, or or the Paul yeah the Jake Paul situation is like like I said like the whole lane thing. It's like you got to stay in your lane. Anytime you try to get out of your lane, you're gonna get hurt. And and you know it's it's happened before. So if Jake Paul, you know, you say Canelo's on his hit list, like he or he said that. Um, if Jake Paul were to actually fight Canelo, I don't, I don't think they would allow that to happen. But if that were to happen, that would be devastating. You know, I know Jake Paul's a villain, but he would get seriously hurt, um, and and that would kind of squash the whole YouTube uh, boxing scene. But I think when kids see, you know, Jake Paul, they're like, oh, he's great. But then his last fight, he fought Tyrone Woodley. He's like stepping up, you know, the level of competition each fight. Um, but with Tyrone Woodley, he, he, he got hurt in that fight a little bit, you know? Yeah. So I would say the kids who are watching him, they could watch Jake Paul and then Canelo and then be like, oh, well, that's the difference, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, it depends who you ask, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then if you look at like today's boxers too, this generation, I look at people like Devin Haney, obviously. Yeah. Teofimo. Teofimo mm -hmm. Lopez, right. yep. Ryan Garcia. Mm -hmm. And and what can they do to stand out to to be that talk of this sport? Yourself to included in this list as you progress too, but like 
how can the narrative be around the people that have put their blood, sweat, and tears for decades and grew up in this be about those guys rather than these YouTubers? I, I, I love, you know, I don't like taking away from the fighters who put, you know, their lives on the line, uh, really, like literally. Um, and Ryan Garcia has done a great job, I think, of he's probably the biggest um, up-and-coming boxer today in terms of his social status yeah his yeah. social yeah. status you know his fan base he's got a huge fan base because he was able to get out of boxing and grab fan bases from youtube or tiktok mm -hmm. or you know whatever so and he still puts in the work you know so he's a he's the kind of guy where if you want that much attention i would never want that much attention but if you want that then you know, you do what he does. You work, you work hard, you put your life on the line and on your off time, you can, you know, grab other fan bases. He does YouTube stuff or wh whatever. Yeah. You know? diff the, the whole different audience thing just brings more eyes, you know, and they're great at doing that. So, or Ryan Garcia and the, the Paul brothers. Yeah, definitely. But, um, for you, Nico, when you first started boxing, I mean, I'm assuming you were how like around seven I, I was like 10, 10? When, my first time in a ring. Yeah. Okay. What was your grandpa's reaction? You know, when he found out like, this is what you want to do and pursue. Well, the first time I ever stepped in the ring, um, it was for a cancer, a children's cancer, uh, exhibition. Uh, it was just, you know, messing around. Like I was wearing, I was wearing my gym or I was wearing like vans. You were yeah. Wearing I was vans. wearing vans. I was <laughs> yeah. wearing just shoes. And, um, it was just with no training whatsoever. They just wanted me to go in. Um, and I was in and they yelled for me to do the, sh the Ali shuffle. And then I did the shuffle and my shoes fell off and it was, <laughs> but it was just fun. And that's, that was my first experience in boxing. I didn't take it serious until 14. Um, and then that's when my grandfather, that's when I told him about that and would ask him a bunch of questions about it. Um, and yeah, I would say since, since then, that's when I started taking it seriously. That's when I started my amateur career, like officially. And what was the best advice he's given you? I would say, um, he believed that a fighter, what makes a fighter is them moving and dancing, which he believed that what makes a fighter is an interesting fighter. You know, not, he didn't say he could have told me an undefeated fighter. He could have told me, you know, a, a, a highly skilled fighter, but he didn't say that. He said like interesting, you know? Mm. So, and, and that's what matters. And, and I've always thought about that. So that's what I strive to be is an interesting uh, fighter. And I must say, I love both of your dynamics. Because I love, like, you guys are, what, two years apart? Because I have an older yeah. sister, and she's, like, about two and a half years older than me. Mm -hmm. And we grew up playing sports together. Like, we swam on the same swim team mm -hmm. and stuff. And I just love how supportive you are of yeah. one another. Like, yeah. it, Well, I think, really I think it's because we, we, grew up, uh, we grew up within, you know, the same uh, – our family loves World, family. Yeah. But we're like really close in age, like a year and a half to two years apart. Yeah. It's perfect. If, if he was five years older, then, you know, he would be off somewhere else right now. Will you be his strength and conditioning coach as he progresses? That would be really interesting. I'm working on it. Yeah, I've That'd definitely awesome. thought about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, first, I want to get my, you know, my certifications and everything because to get my CSCS, I got to have a bachelor's. So I've got to finish school first and then, you know, we'll see from there. You know, I'm just enjoying the journey, enjoying life.
That's excellent, yeah. man. Uh, it's uh, on the importance, though, of kind of the social media and especially in combat sports, what I've noticed, too, it's so much different than the team sports like football, the NFL. Yeah. You have like a whole PR staff kind of mm -hmm. helping control the narrative. You have the NFL films, the NFL network, mm -hmm. the NBA, the NBA network and so on. But in this sport, you know, you're only as good as your next mm -hmm. fight. It's a very individual sport. Right. And the UFC, like from from a media standpoint, in all of combat sports, they're really good at building stars. But some of the organizations out there too. I mean, I get it; it's not their responsibility, but it puts a lot of pressure on someone like yourself to build an audience outside of what you do inside the ring. Mm -hmm. I, I would say I would say that I'm in a unique situation where I'm I'm not worried about you know building my audience because obviously I wouldn't be in the position I I'm in right now if it weren't for my grandfather. So the fans of my grandfather, I can automatically I mean I've gotten so much love and support from just my one fight. They're f becoming fans of me. So um, I'm unique in that case where I don't have to have like I, I don't I don't have to be you know crazy and do wild things you know to get attention and you know to get people to buy tickets people will buy tickets if they love my grandfather and you know if they if i continue to prosper in boxing they'll buy tickets not only because they love my grandfather but because they want to see me fight you know mm -hmm. well do you ever feel that you get pressure thinking you know like you said the fans who love your grandfather will follow you or that they would have that same expectations from you even though you yeah. guys obviously are completely different. We're completely different, yeah. And and I knew I knew when I first went into boxing, I didn't know that I didn't really know my grandfather was as you know notable as he is. Um, I didn't think it would be b a big deal. I just loved boxing. Um, but you know, I I don't I I don't think it's a lot of pressure for the, his true fans. My grandfather's true fans would be fans of mine if I lost my next ten fights. So that's that's what I think about, and, and I really do think that's true. So tell me what the ultimate end goal is, and does it involve kind of separating and building a legacy for yourself? Yeah, no, it's it's all about, you know, I'm continuing my grandfather's legacy. I, I love that, but ultimately I want to create, you know, create my own path. And I think that's what, that's what I'm gonna do. I mean, you know, because I, I just stay true to myself and you know I'm I'm not I'm I'm similar to my grandfather in a lot of ways as many people are similar to you know their family members but I'm so much different everyone's unique in their own way and and I think uh I think that's good you know nobody nobody can be you know uh, nobody could be Biagio nobody could be me nobody could be you, you guys and yeah. it's that's perfect because everyone's got their own fingerprint everyone's you know unique and people want to see unique. I love the tattoo on your forearm. I don't know why. I'm just noticing it now. <laughs> but your grandfather and the butterfly there. Like, Thank you. And yeah. You have the butterfly yeah. and a bee. I oh yeah. The, the butterfly and the that bee. That is right awesome. Here, yeah. I got this uh, right before I went to college, so uh, senior year of high school. That's yeah. awesome. No, I mean, I, I was never going to get tattoos, but, you know, I had to. I, I That's ended a up great them. portrait. Like, they Thank did you. an incredible Thank job. You. Yeah. yeah, no, I got it done here in town by uh, Robert Foe. It's weird because I, I was in high school when I got the portrait mm -hmm. and I was in a camera class. I was in a, a photography class. And after I got after I got the tattoo, my photography teacher 
revealed to me that he used to shoot for my grandfather. I was like, that's awesome. He said, wait, let me see that photo. It was his photo. No way. Yeah. What? Here, look that up yeah. so the, the like, camera could. This is crazy. This one right right here. That's amazing. Wow. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. It is, I mean, the chances of that are ridiculous. But I mean, like you guys said, everything happens for a reason, it's right? right? Yeah, it's right? fate. Everything that's lines amazing. up. And every time you so stick, weird. That, stick that right hand, you know, that vision is yeah. going to come into wow. your opponents, too. Yeah. It's crazy. He, my, that photographer, that photo teacher shot a little bit for my grandfather and now he's my photographer uh as well he, wow. he shot for my for my first fight he was there so that was a little part of history that i also just loved so how did you guys um you know we kind of started off talking about it too you know believing in everything happens for yeah. a reason connecting the dots like what are these specific moments that have happened so far through the journey for you guys to kind of have this kind of way of thinking because we think similar to that too with our j respective journeys but mm -hmm. With you guys, I mean, that's very unique. I feel like it's always small things, you know? The the whole unfinished legacy with the t-shirt. Yeah. The fact that our old photography teacher shot that photo and he got a tattoo of it. Um, yeah. His first fight was our our uncle who had passed away. Well, my dad's best friend who had, we called our uncle had passed away. That was his birthday, his mm. first fight. Yeah, it's so small there's, stuff it's like It's just that. small things like that that I feel like... Um, small small stuff but yeah it happens for a reason did you know? that all start happening like since you were a kid you realized like oh wow like what no. a coincidence I, I you know what i would say it happens to everyone i would uh, in in my family my mom my grandfather obviously are very spiritual mm -hmm. um huge on religion and stuff uh so i would say you just have to notice it yeah. i think it happens to everyone but nobody, nobody i, I really didn't i feel like i didn't up. start noticing until uh Maybe like a couple years ago, yeah, just seeing like cool things like that. Just like, weird, oh, weird know? coincidences, you know. Yeah. And after a coincidence happens, you know, more than one time, two times, three times, then it's like it's not a coincidence. I would say. And it's, I feel you know, like that they, happens in everybody's life. You yeah. just gotta like start seeing noticing. it. You know, yeah. Yeah. You, you just start noticing, and when you start noticing, you're like, oh, okay, like right, happens to everybody. It's a sign of maturation and knowing you're on the right path. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know what? You see signs knowing that you're on the going the wrong mm -hmm. way too. Yep. Yes. Um, and those are important <laughs> too. So for college, what's your major now? Because you mentioned your photography teacher. So are yeah. you more into like I love film. Yeah. I love film. Um, one day I'm going to be definitely going into film. That's also been another passion of mine. But I'm right now I'm studying. I'm majoring in business entrepreneurship, which is just, you know, it's tough. Yeah, entrepreneur. <laughs> That's key, though. But, like, yeah. I think from what you just said, majoring in business and entrepreneurship, a passion for film, and doing what you do. Mm -hmm. And I'm majoring in film, too. So, like, he's got That's the business cool. side. I got yeah. the, the film yeah. insight. You know, you, so. your, your lives are a movie, and you guys <laughs> can document yeah. that. No, and, and, it really is. And it's, I would love it's, that. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, you can mix everything. My, my biggest passions in my life have been film and boxing for you know as long as i can remember so you can you can put that together and you can make something happen and i love that you guys are pursuing your passion because we've talked about it before where we feel so many people are kind of afraid to pursue but what where i'm own. also though afraid is everyone these children growing up now too they see success on tiktok and youtubers and like what do you want to be when you grow up i want to be an influencer i mm -hmm. want to be this and it's like there is so much hard work that goes into whatever you do mm -hmm. and you cannot lose 
authenticity mm -hmm. and to being true to who you are. You can't sacrifice. That's a big thing. It's mm -hmm. a huge thing. And I feel mm -hmm. like there's a huge disconnect just from, you know, I try my best to talk to as many young people as possible because the only way I can cater to the audience that I'm looking for is to kind of get a sense of understanding for what sure. they want. And I'm just so fearful of the direction of where we go into today. And that's why I brought up the history and the, the YouTube yeah. boxing and everything, too. Is I don't want the important lessons that brought us to where we are today to be lost. So history repeats itself and we yeah. make the same mistakes. No, I, I think yeah. about that, too, man. I, I hope uh, hope we are going in the right direction. We don't know, but yeah. uh, we'll see. <laughs> I, I And I think the biggest thing is I've noticed just within the last couple of years is staying true to your to yourself yeah. um for every indiv every individual person it's important because you see people who look up to let's say conor mcgregor um and then they start trying to be like him and nobody likes that nobody likes someone trying to be like someone else you can look up to someone and you know try to take things but like when when you have to go out of your own character to try and be like someone else no that never works out mm -hmm. so i would say conor mcgregor is you know unique you know he like to say the least um you look at him he's unique you look at you know just influencers in general you know like ryan garcia is super unique you know and it's these people that are unique that people want to see you know so i would never for the kids who want to grow up to be influencers never i would never want them to want to be somebody else you know yeah you can be an influencer but be yourself as an exactly. influencer you know you take inspirations from other people like sean o'malley right. mm -hmm. he didn't try to be conor mcgregor no and he he's his own person yeah. his own he person. His he's completely 100%. his own person and and and, and i love that i love sean o'malley yeah, too. He's mm -hmm. awesome. yeah he's great he's great we had him on our podcast really? and his before the fight week of his last fight really? against chris yeah. that's awesome man i think he was tied i don't know if i'm i thought i saw something today where he might be fighting brian keller next are you serious? Yeah, I was going to text you that this morning. Okay. Yeah. I was at the gym. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I don't know who's going to smoke more weed yeah, before that I'm, fight. Yeah, I'm going to have to that'll be interesting look to see. that up after. Oh. Yeah, but, but it's, um, you know. I, I'd like to meet Sean one day. Oh, he's He seems great. like such a cool guy. I'm, I'm sure you guys cool. will meet. Okay. Yeah. Now, he's he's a really chill dude. Yeah. He's really cool. That's dope. Um, just to reiterate your point, too, and I say this all the time, if you're not first, be different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can't be afraid. Yep. And it's so, I mean, people say... People say that it's so hard to be different nowadays. It's really not. If you if you want to if you want if you are yourself, completely yourself, then you're different. Because different. there's yeah. no That's way true. you can replicate. Yeah. There's no way. And that holds so much weight coming from you guys under the shadow that yeah. was casted above right. you guys that you have no choice you were born into. Of mm -hmm. course. Yeah, no, I mean I was, you know, I've never not been the grandson of you know yeah. whoever but all all i can do all we can do is you know be ourselves it's crazy you growing know? up it was always a secret like we never told anybody like who our grandfather was because we didn't think people would believe us or anything like that or we're not the type that tells you you know like oh my grandpa's famous you know it was like my, my freshman year when i played football uh max preps had picked it up oh yeah and um I don't know how they even found that out. Like, I have no idea how they found that out. Right. And, uh, yeah, everybody just started knowing that I was the grandson of Muhammad Ali and kind of just the rest is history. So that probably your freshman year, then probably your you were seventh grade around that time, eighth grade around that time. His freshman year, I was eighth, eighth grade. grade yeah. So that's yeah. kind of when that 
narrative kind of started taking its yeah, place in I, the public eye. I still eye. have no idea how mm. like Max Preps found that out. In the public <laughs> it was probably yeah, like they, a they friend some... that told a friend or something. No, like, people people no always find out even on on lower levels. <clears throat> you know, being in school, being at UNLV, people find out. Being in high or being not in high school, in middle school, people would find out on small little levels. You know. One person says one thing oh, and it spreads. Oh, then they talk. Yeah, yeah, it spreads fast. That's, you're going to have a target on your back for every single oh, yeah. opponent, too. They're oh, gonna, I you're know. You're going to get their best fight every single time. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, and, and that's that's interesting because, uh, you know, I'll be fighting the best version of each of each uh, person that I fight. <laughs> That'll be fun. That adds to your legacy. Right. Mm-hmm. And for you, Biagio, what are your goals and your plans? Because, like you mentioned, you're also studying film as well. Yeah, like, so I'm, I'm studying film right now. Um, I would like to do something with film after. I'm not so sure yet. But I wish I would have done something like kinesiology or something like that. That way I, like, know a little bit more about, you know, the, the human body Anatomy. and the science behind uh, working out and, yeah. and movement and stuff. So I wish I would have done something like that. But I'm going to finish out my bachelor's with film because luckily you don't need um, a specific uh, degree if you want to get your CSCS for strength and conditioning. So you just need a degree or a bachelor's degree. So I'm just going to finish film out, you know, see where that goes. I could have that in my back pocket whenever I need it, you know. Yeah, I just think you two together, I think movie. You know, I, that's yeah. what I think in big picture. It's definitely going to be a it. horror movie, too. I want to make it. We, oh, yeah, we're you big guys, horror movie we're big guys. Horror movie yeah, yeah. Fans, yeah. Favorite horror movie? The Shining for me. Shine. That or Halloween, yeah. Yeah. I think Halloween is probably the, the greatest my, horror movie of all time. Jack like Nicholson killed it, man. He did, he did. <laughs> would you consider Silence of the Lambs a horror movie? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah I, would, I would say that's a... Th- Thriller. It's like a psychological <laughs> thriller, yeah. yeah. Psychological thriller. But I, I think yeah. I think the I think the greatest horror movie of all time is just Halloween because that kind of set the tone for every other mm-hmm. movie. And and when you hear Michael Myers, when you hear the name, when you hear the song, the sound, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. you the first thing you think is Halloween. Not the movie, but you know, Halloween. That's the one character I really didn't like like that much when I was little. Cause he just stands there and it made me very uh Uncomfortable yeah. when I was like in first grade, <laughs> just seeing the man just stand there and look I'll, at you. I was exposed. My best friend growing up, like he had an older sister, so at three, four years old, we saw all the It movies. Oh, uh-huh. we lost, we lost the light. <laughs> uh, we lost. I saw the Speaking It movies. Speaking of Halloween, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was timing. Who's flickering the lights? Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I really liked Hellraiser. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the kind of shit. It. I would mm-hmm. have the Pennywise. Oh, yeah, he Pennywise. loves that. I yeah, love the it. The red yeah. balloon. No, yeah. I love. Yep. That's one of my. That I think that is my favorite horror character i would say mine's definitely chucky chuck oh i was always i was watching child's play when i was like two and my aunt was babysitting me and my mom he was like just born yeah and i was watching child's play when i was like two years old my my, uh aunt was watching me my mom came and she's like what are you what are you having him watch and uh yeah big fan of chucky on my to-do list for interviews is the schmo character it's Mm -hmm. it's john gruden and i feel like i'll kind of reveal this to I need to whip out a Chucky doll and put them side by side oh, that would be great I yeah. have to Me do that because he's Chucky that's wow. yeah yeah that would be awesome he's funny you oh know? he's great if you watch the movies he's hilarious oh yeah Jeez. hey knock on wood if you're with me yes. <laughs> I love that too uh we really appreciate having you guys on the show is there thank anything thank you for having us of course is there anything you want to plug let the world know you got a fight coming up next month floor's yours yeah I mean in in terms of my fight you can just Follow my Instagram, 
uh, at Nico Ali Walsh, N-I-C-O-A-L-I-W-A-L-S-H, and that's pretty much it. I update whatever I can from there. I'm just grateful to be here and um, excited to see where everything's going. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. Of course. Thanks and for coming yeah, on. Yeah, we this look forward awesome. to following along both of your journey. Thanks again 100%. for having us. Of course. Episode 77 of the Schmo Zone podcast. We are out. <laughs>